PFAS are forever chemicals that don't break down in our body or the environment and may actually do that forever. The EPA has designated nine of these chemicals as hazardous and is taking action. So let's talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Dr. David. How you doing? Uh, we're going to talk today about a topic that is very distressing, uh, very stressful to hear about because it's something that we're all being exposed to. And of course, my goal is to educate you so that you can make the best decisions for yourself and for your family. So we're going to talk about these forever chemicals and where they come from. We're going to talk about what their con the health concerns are around them. And then the new EPA warnings um, about these chemicals. And then we're going to talk about what we may do. All right, so let's talk about this first, these forever chemicals. They are referred to as PFAS, P-F-A-S, and they stand for pre or pre, I'm sorry, per and polyf um, polyfluoroalkyl substances, polyfluoroalkyl substances, just flows right off of the tongue, right? Now, these are chemicals that are, are used that they make what are called fluoropolymers, and they're coatings and products that are used to resist oil, water, grease, um, and stains. And they are found in a lot of different areas, things that we could be exposed to on a regular basis. Things like clothing, furniture, adhesives, um, food packaging, heat resistance, nonstick cooking services, which is where many of us may be getting our biggest exposure. It's also in the insulation for electrical wire. But it is also being found in our water systems, can be found in well water or in what we're getting from our city um, municipalities. And most disturbing, it is thought to be found in 98% of our bodies. Okay. And it's felt to be that way throughout the human population, even people who are living off the grid, who are living up in the mountains, who are preparing their own food, um, filtering their own water, and it's still there. And you know, I've said before, maybe we need to be finding a new planet because this is like everywhere. But, you know, we talked about nanoplastics um, a few weeks ago, and that's where it's at, um, where, you know, those are concerns. Now this, um, geez, certainly seems as if um, technology has taken over and exposed us to things in the last hundred years that we had never been exposed to. And certainly evolution could not keep up with the level of toxicity that we're being exposed to. And we haven't even talked about pesticides and other heavy metals and things like that in a while. Okay. Now the persistence and the bioaccumulation of this PFAS in the environment as I mentioned, they, they don't break down. I mean, we don't know forever that they don't break down because obviously they haven't been around um, or studied forever, but there's really no evidence that these are able to be broken down by the body or by the environment, etc. They also can move through soils and through um, contaminated um, drinking water sources, and then they can therefore build up um, in fish and wildlife, other food supplies, etc. Obviously, if it's in the soil and then the produce and other types of grains that we grow so there can be exposure there of course the animals that we eat if we are ones people who do eat animals um can be accumulating there as well so yeah this is kind of a big time problem now in terms of what it is that are thought that these pfas actually do well the reason why the alarm is being sounded really is because it can lead to reproductive problems it can lead to heart issues, um, breathing problems such as asthma, and also problems with the immune system. And, and it seems as if they can be inducing cancers as well. 
And of course, gosh, that's so much of what chronic health is about. And, uh, you know, we're being, we're being exposed all the time. Now, we are now seeing that the EPA is sounding the alarm on this in the last couple of years. Now, this isn't something new. This has been something known well in the last decade, unfortunately, because of cuts in the EPA that happened under the prior pres um, administration. Um, the EPA is really just starting to um, find its footing again in order to fully address these types of problems. OK, so about a year ago, the EPA called for standards in community drinking water that they be tested for these PFAS. And they had identified six, six specific PFAS um, that um, were listed. And the EPA has said, and to quote this, that this is one of the most pressing environmental and public health concerns in the modern world. This is what the EPA is saying. And the administrator of the EPA, whose name is Michael Regan, went on to say, we anticipate that when fully implemented, this rule will prevent thousands of deaths and reduce tens of thousands of serious PFAS-related illnesses. So we're hearing about it. That's scary, but it's, I mean, obviously it's good that they feel that they're going to be able to help people out. Um, you know, that doesn't sound like that many people relative to what it could be, but sure, thousands of deaths. Hey, that's wonderful. That really is a big thing, especially the types of diseases that we're talking about that people really can suffer from. Now, um, they do recommend, you know, one of the things you can do is be checking with your local water source um, to see what they're testing, as well as what they're finding. That should be public information. You should be able to go to your municipality's water um, um, page or department, and you should be able to find this information out. Okay, now fast forward to February 2024, where there's more information. Okay, now, first of all, what's happened now is that the Environmental Protection Agency has formally proposed that nine of the PFAS chemicals, um, these forever chemicals, they've labeled them as hazardous. Okay. Now it, it's been proposed. It hasn't been put forth as a formal statement simply because whenever the EPA puts out a statement such as this, there is a 60 day period where the public can make comments. So you can go to the EPA, you can find this and you can actually make your own comments about how concerned you are and what you feel should be done about this. Um, but after the 60 days, there's certainly no reason to think that this wouldn't become part of formal policy of our government um, that we all should be taking, um, taking a good look at to see what we could do to be minimizing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But the changes in the regulations themselves would make it easier for the government to do a few things. It, first of all, to just address the PFAS as a part of its cleanup program. So obviously, the, you know, we're talking about shore cleanups and air cleanups and water cleanups. So having this be listed as formally as a hazard makes a big deal. OK, um, it also allows polluters to be held accountable. You know, we can if you know who these people are, we they can be held accountable, whether it's through government sanctions, but also, you know, People find out about these things. You know, when we originally, um, you know, I've been an advocate of the environmental work group with the Clean 15 Dirty Dozen and more, uh, more recently, their skin deep where people are able to see individual products and how toxic they are. And that almost seems to become a self-monitoring system because if a person, show, if, a, if a company product shows up high up on the, uh, you know, with a higher number for the skin deep, which are specifically products that are toxic, that could be in our, in our nail, hair, skin products, things that are put on our body bodies, those companies, it's kind of those products, it's kind of a death knell for them. They end up being discontinued a lot of the time. You know, it's really fascinating that the good products are filtering up and people are using these things, um, these resources all the time. 
Okay. And of course, by doing this, it does allow um, to advance public health, pardon me, health concerns and protections going forward. Okay. Now, according to the EPA, a hazardous material is defined as one of the following. A chemical that is a threat to human life or other life forms, and it has been that to sh it has been shown that the chemical itself is toxic, okay, or that it's found specifically to be cancerous, or it is mutagenic, which means that it could prompt changes in the DNA, or it could be what's called teratogenic, which means it can cause birth defects. That the chemicals can cause birth defects or an effect development of an embryo or a fetus. So if any of those things are present for a chemical, then it's deemed to be hazardous. Okay. Now, environmental groups say that this is definitely a good start. I mean, compared to what we've been what's been going on so far, this is a great start. But they're really wondering whether this is going far enough and think that more is needed. In particular, some of these groups have been calling for the EPA to ban all of these PFAS chemicals. There's over 12,000 of them that's known. Six, as I said, for the water, nine now being identified. Um, a lot of the problem is that so many of these chemicals, because they're relatively new or because there's so many of them, they just haven't been tested to be identified specifically as being, as being um, a problem. Um, so, but there are some things that we can do, of course, besides um, be frightened and uh, wanting to go into a corner and curl up in a fetal position because of how scary this is and wondering, are we all doomed? Lovely thought, right? But there are things that we can do. First and foremost, you know, since cookware is probably the place where we are the most exposed, okay? So there are safer options in terms of what the cookware is um, is coated with, the outside that, that our food is coming in contact with. Things like cast iron skillets, ceramic porcelain enamel and carbon steel so all of those are things that you can go you know we can search we can investigate we can research our own products i just bought a new one yesterday um um you know originally we were trying to avoid specifically teflon and then other things but yeah but you can find this information out you know the amazon all the companies in fact the good companies are listing what they're doing because they want to be known as the good guys the other thing that we could be doing is filtering our water at home specifically. Now, there are specific certifications of word of um of 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 water products, um, filtering products that are certified for being um, for treating PFAS and for filtering them out. So there are a couple of certifiers. You can look for the um, the symbols, the National Sanitation Foundation. That's the NSF, probably the more popularly known. Them. And then the Water Quality Association, the NQA. But there are others as well. So, you know, as opposed to, you know, we've talked about avoiding plastics and water bottles. Of course, we talked about filtrations there in reverse osmosis and what that can do. Um, so really, you know, keeping it local, filtering your own um, um, tap water see, does seem to be the safest way of avoiding that in terms of the water. Because, of course, if we are healthy people drinking at least, uh, you know, half a gallon to a gallon of water a day, we want to make sure that we're having good, clean sources of that as well. So tell me what you think about this. Um, do you, are you, you know, and also, you know, reach out to the um, to the EPA if you do. Let us know. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Have a good day.